Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Welcome to the rest stop. It's Thursday, March 11th, 2021. We are live every Tuesday and Thursday, nine o'clock Pacific time. Brad Restituto here, Spencer Ostrowski, Spencer the Wiz with me as always. And we are live here in Las Vegas. Got a good show for you tonight. Sports in full effect, especially around March time. March Madness is coming down the pipe and we will have the tournament. We hope this year as last year, a huge revenue hit and a big uh, devastating loss. The entire tournament canceled due to COVID-19. But this year we're starting to get things in effect and limited capacity with fans. So the conference tournaments are underway. Around this time last year they were canceled and the sports world was put on hold. So we'll get into some college hoops. Uh, we'll talk some NBA as they're back in action after the All-Star break. And we've got some interesting news in the NBA along with some trades and some potential trades as Blake Griffin now a Brooklyn net. And will that propel the Nets as the full-on favorite to win the NBA title. We'll talk a little bit about that. We'll talk about the action in the NBA tonight. We'll also talk NFL free agency as it's getting in full effect. We talked about franchise tags. Now some big moves with the new salary cap, some big names being lost. Uh, some big names will have to be restructuring contracts. We'll talk about that. Russell Wilson potentially on the move. Good evening to Adam Joseph of Opportunity Village. He's in the house tonight. Thanks for checking in. AJ doing great things over there. Make sure you check out all the uh, contests, the brackets that Opportunity Village is doing for March Madness. At AK, big sports fan. Uh, AJ, big sports fan and doing big things over there at Opportunity Village. So give him a follow on Twitter and check out all the stuff on Opportunity Village's website. Uh, a great place over there. And Adam Joseph does a great job. Thanks for checking in, AJ. So 
yeah, we got a good show for tonight. We'll start it right off with March Madness, Spence, and let's get into the big news with Duke. The story program uh, is now throwing in the towel for March Madness and their conference tournament uh, due to COVID-19, and this is some big news. Uh, this is unprecedented for this program and really for any team, especially with the name recognition of Duke. We're talking about a storied, probably top five program in the history success-wise of college basketball, and, and they've got to call it a season. And this is the first team to do it. it it's almost inevitable, Spence, that this is going to continue to happen. And if it doesn't, they'll be fortunate. But at least in college basketball, uh, we talked about it before the show. How is the NCAA going to pull this off? It's really a big question mark. It's not in a bubble to my knowledge. Maybe it is. I don't know. I really haven't dialed into the details of what's going to happen with college hoops this year. Everything's so scattered to me. Especially Spence, when they talked about the players that can uh, not even go to college and sign with the G League and have a deal. I mean, I've lost a lot of interest in college hoops. I know some people love it, especially here in Vegas. Some of my good friends are diehard college hoops fans and college hoops betters. For me, Spence, I can't really get into it like I used to. What what name recognition is there? There's so many one and dones, and it just moves so quickly. I hard, had a hard enough time following a couple guys last year that really didn't even go to college. LaMelo Ball, RJ Hampton, these guys went and played overseas right away. Uh, so I know Cade Cunningham of OK State's a big name and a few other guys. But, man, Spence, it's so come and go. We really don't know what's happening. And with the BS that the NCAA pulls off every year with are we paying, are we not paying athletes? And, look, I was trying to follow Memphis last year with Penny Hardaway's first season as coach. James James Wiseman didn't even get through five games. I mean, come on. They're giving me no incentive to be a diehard college hoops fan. So I'm, I'm sorry to all the college basketball fans out there and the people that love March Madness. It's great to bet on. It's still so fun to bet on. But I personally, Spencer the Wiz, will not follow college hoops on a diehard basis. Number one, I have no allegiance to any team. And number two, the bullshit that the NCAA pulls every year. I've had enough of it. I can't follow it enough as it is. I know the coaches, and the coaches are the bigger names, but the players aren't going there. And the ones that I follow that do want to go there, if they sneeze wrong, they're ineligible. So, I mean, I hate to get off track here, but look, this is an NBA NFL heavy podcast. And we love to talk a little bit of pop culture, politics. Um, we love college football as well. And of course, the draft. So we will get into these college players when we talk about draft time. But these sports themselves, it makes it so tough for me to be passionate about, Spence, when I've got to deal with the BS that the NCAA spews out there year after year. And, you know, uh, it's just really tough for me. But to get back on track, Duke basketball throwing in the towel for March Madness. I mean, what, is it, what does it say to you, Spence? Yeah, it's just uh, college basketball is too commercialized now. And, you know, you, you, ta- you touched on it, the whole paying players thing, which is an issue. But at the end of the day, uh, there's no more excitement because we already know who's going to be the first overall pick before the season starts. Players used to show themselves up, and John Morant did to a certain extent, but the rest of the top 10, you know, came exactly how we thought it would. We had ideas before, but Zion was the first overall pick when he left high school because he was on Instagram and YouTube and all that kind of stuff. So I don't know if that ruined the game of college basketball. When you watch stuff like the Ben Simmons documentary about his time at LSU and how much of a joke it was, it's just, there's just nothing yeah. there for us anymore. There's no storylines for us to carry out because all these guys have their own lives and 
teams don't really exist anymore. I mean, James Wiseman, he had like his agent, his representative, like talking on his behalf, not, not his family, not him. So we all have lawyers now. We all have to do things a certain way. And it's just taking a little bit of the pizzazz out of college basketball. Yeah, I mean, Spence, when can you remember college hoops being what it was? Even let's just go through the decades. I mean, you talk about the 80s, Indiana basketball with Bob Knight. It was synonymous. You had something to follow. I mean, Bob Knight's a legend. And and Coach K started to get in his own in the 90s. But North Carolina basketball, Georgetown basketball in the 80s, Patrick Ewing, Akeem Olajuwon. Like, you had storylines, right? You come into the 90s, the Duke, Barbie Hurley, Christian Leitner, Grant Hill, and those battles with the Kentucky programs. UNLV basketball, the story program, them going undefeated, Larry Johnson, Stacey Ogman, great storylines leading into the Fab Five at Michigan. It was just outstanding. They can't even came back from their freshman, sophomore year. You could kind of point to some things, Spence, over the last two decades. I love what Mark Few's done at Gonzaga, taking a, a mid-major Division One program and making them a championship contender for well over a decade. That's admirable. And like I, like I said earlier, some of the coaching uh, aspects of college hoops is fun to watch because these coaches sometimes have a mainstay. But from a storyline and a player's perspective – to keep fans dialed in, unless you're betting the sport, it's so hard. I mean, look, Zion Williamson is becoming a star. He was known at Duke, but he was a flash in the pan. He's gone from Duke before you can even bat an eye. And now you follow the storyline about what he's doing in the NBA and and the longevity that's going to be there. You can follow him with the franchise and with that team. I mean, look, the NCAA is still treading murky waters with Zion and the whole Nike situation. We're not going to, are we ever going to really know the truth about all of this BS? I'm sorry. For me, it disincentivizes me to follow college hoops. I would love to follow more, but the access to it, the time it takes to really be dialed in, it's like I want to be dialed into NFL and NBA. That's what I'm passionate about. That's what's going on. Uh, And it's really a challenge to commit full time seven days a week, eight hours a day, a full-time job to be dialed in to college hoops. Yeah, I could get the magazines at the beginning of the season and really try to follow it that way, follow the top 25. But to be honest, this is where, for me, just like with hockey and baseball, this is where the season starts for college hoops. We're in college hoops tournament time, conference tournaments, and then the big dance. So this is where people make names for themselves. This is where we find out guys elevating the draft boards in the NBA. I remember perfect name, BYU's Jimmer Fredette went off in the tournament. Uh, they didn't go to the Elite Eight or anything, but Steph Curry at Davidson took his team deep. Uh, so this is where stars are going to be made and where we're going to see really guys rise up the draft board. But for those who are interested in March Madness and the conference tournaments, we will give you some of the score breakdown of the top 25 that were in action tonight from the Pac-12 tournament quarterfinal USC, who's ranked 24th in the nation in double overtime. They beat Utah, the Utes, 91-85. Evan Mobley, who should be a top 10 pick for USC, had 26 points, nine rebounds. The number two ranked Baylor Bears, they're 22-1 and on the season. They take care of Kansas State, 74-68 in the Big 12 championship quarterfinal. Uh, from the Big Ten, Ohio State ranked ninth. They take care of the Minnesota Gold Gophers, 79-75. Marcus Carr for Minnesota in a losing effort had 24 points, four rebounds, four assists. We talked about Cade Cunningham from Oklahoma State. 
They take care of Bob Huggins' boys at West Virginia in the Big 12 quarterfinal. Oklahoma State gets the win 72-69. Cade Cunningham had 17 points and eight rebounds in that win. Lon Kruger, former UNLV head coach, his Oklahoma Sooners ranked 25th and the Big 12 quarterfinal took on the 11th-ranked Kansas Jayhawks. Kansas gets the win 69-62 over Oklahoma. Uh, Texas Tech, who has uh, hopefully possibly budding college basketball star Mac McClung, who transferred from Georgetown. He's a sophomore. Texas Tech, former UNLV coach for a day. Chris Beard leads Texas Tech, who was in the championship game the last time we had March Madness in a losing effort. Texas edges them tonight, led by Shaka Smart, the coach of the Texas Longhorns. Jericho Sims for Texas had 10 points, 11 rebounds. Texas wins. They beat Texas Tech 67-66. In the Big East Tournament quarterfinal, 14th-ranked Villanova, they lose to Georgetown 72-71. And for Georgetown, Patrick Ewing was a little bit in the news today, Spence, as uh, he was getting at Madison Square Garden, the host of the Big East Tournament, he was getting flagged by security, asking for his credentials. And Patrick Ewing is saying, you don't know who I am? He was very disturbed the fact that he had to be pretty much flagged down by security at every point trying to get in the garden tonight. Do you have a problem with that, Spence? Uh, I mean, they're doing their job. It's not their job to know every single face and, you know, famous person. If they felt that, uh, you know, he looked not suspicious, but, you know, you got to show your credentials. You can't just walk around expecting the world to bow down to you. I agree with that, Spence. Uh, Of course, the big news in the ACC tournament, Duke game postponed Florida State by being uncontested and forfeit. I guess they move on in the ACC tournament. Duke's done. Uh, so that's what happened in the ACC from that perspective. Uh, ACC quarterfinal, Virginia, they took care of Syracuse, 72-69. Jim Beheim's son, Buddy Beheim, had 31 points, two rebounds, three assists, and Virginia wins on a buzzer beater after Syracuse impressively uh, in the first round took care of NC State in blowout fashion. In the Big East quarterfinal, Creighton, 17th ranked. Uh, the Blue Jays of Creighton take care of Butler, 87-56. They blow them out. Uh, and then we'll go Mountain West, Spence. The San Diego State Aztecs, 19th ranked, take care of the Wyoming Cowboys, 69-66. In unranked action, UNLV locally here, they lose to Utah State, the Aggies. Spence, if real quick you want to touch on uh, – well, let me give one more score in the top 25. North Carolina, they beat Virginia Tech, 81-73. The Hokies ranked 22nd. The Tar Heels of North Carolina, they move on in the ACC quarterfinal. So that was the action in the top 25 and college basketball conference championship games for Thursday night. Spence, uh, UNLV, college hoops. They had a nice win yesterday against Air Force. They take on in the quarterfinal today, Utah State here locally. We've talked about it on this show briefly. UNLV athletics has really, really hit uh, a slope downward. Uh, they're almost as irrelevant as they've ever been. I hate to be so hard on the program, but – uh, they've got a very long uphill grind to get back to relevancy here in the state of Nevada with the Raiders, with the Golden Knights, even with the Las Vegas Aces. Talk a little bit about the UNLV program, and they lost today, uh, unable to continue their hopes of stealing a bid in the NCAA, the NCAA tournament by advancing in the Mountain West Conference tournament. Yeah, so they uh, they had beaten Utah State earlier this season, which is all fine and dandy and great. Uh, but this is the lowest point, I think, in UNLV history for sports. And you know what? I'll even say for the athletics just in general, the way they handled the uh, mass shooting on the strip, I think was one of the most embarrassing displays by school in the history 
uh, of the state. Like one of the most embarrassing things I've ever seen since my time living here. But uh, they made, look, they made the wrong hire. When you see a headline that UNOV, one of the most storied schools in basketball history, hires TJ Otzelberger. I mean, I we all saw it. I mean, we all knew that this was not the guy to lead the team to the promised land. I say this every week. Do I wish ill will on the guy? Do I think he's a bad person? Uh, do I think he's a terrible, terrible coach? No, but the expectations for UNOV is high. <laughs> like, we want to get to the NCAA tournament on a regular basis, just like Kentucky, just like Duke. And, I mean, what has happened, like, and what has been led by Reed Francois is – unacceptable how they've been able to keep their job for this amount of time flirt with other jobs that they were never going to get uh nothing will change until francois is gone i mean i think we can all agree on that and so hopefully that ends this season hopefully it ends tomorrow hopefully the school finally gets a backbone and decides to make some changes luke walton is on the verge of being fired from the sacramento kings and he should be their number one priority as soon as he does you boot tj otzelberger right now Say you're going for head coaching and you just wait for him to become an available free agent because Luke Walton's not going to get a head coaching job in the NBA ever again. He's one of the worst head coaches in the past five years, as far as I'm concerned. And uh, he'll be looking to go back to the college scene. I mean, he's very popular there. And what's better for the UNLV program than to get somebody who's at least famous, who knows how to play the game of basketball, who's been around championship runs, and it'll obviously be better at his level there. He'll inherit a roster that isn't the worst in the Mountain West. The fact that they're under 500, I mean, it's just inexcusable. And I know you could say COVID-19, but every team in the Mountain West was under the same conditions. There's two players on UNLV and Mbake Jong and uh, Bryce Hamilton who need to get their motor running to be effective. And the fact that he wasn't able to get them to do that on a consistent basis is also a fireable job. Does it surprise me they got blown out in the second half against Utah State? Absolutely not. Do I think that they should be a top three team in the Mountain West next year with a good coach? Yes, I do. They should be able to make the NCAA tournament. Will they win it next year? Will they win it the year after? Of course not, unless Luke Walton just brings in the number one recruit in the nation. But we've already seen that happen before, and that was also a disaster. But getting back to the NCAA tournament should be, uh, you know, what they want to do. That's Spencer the Wiz. Follow him on Twitter at Spencer the Wiz. I'm Brad Restituto. You can follow me on all social media platforms at Brad the Believer and then Facebook Brad Restituto. And you can check out any part of the rest stop if you miss the show live. Definitely check out the Twitch app to follow us live, twitch.tv slash Chris Landry Football. Follow my YouTube channel and subscribe. Brad the Believer is how you find us there. And then, of course, any of the podcasting platforms, look under Landry Football Conference Call. The rest stop will be underneath there. And Spencer the Wiz does some great work here locally on his show every Friday night, the Friday Night Sports Show to check out. It's called Delivering Sports. You can check it out every Friday night on AM 1400 KSHP. Make sure you follow Spence's, all of his social media platforms as well. And also his show tomorrow night will be a rebroadcast here of the rest stop. So make sure you check out that out and follow that up. Anything else you want to add to that, Spence? Nope. Uh, I'm sure you guys figured out now. I, I did this one other time, but uh, yeah, just some scheduling errors. But the rest stop's always great. And anytime I, I always mention every show, but now you guys can get a full look at what we have going on here. So every Tuesday and Thursday, check us out 9 to 10 uh, p.m. Pacific Standard Time.
Yeah, appreciate everything Spence does with me here. And also make sure you check out the rest stop next Tuesday and Thursday. I'll be out of town on the West Coast, so the Spencer the Wiz will be taking over the rest stop in full fashion, baby Yoda in the background and all. And Spencer the, the Wiz will have the reins to do as he pleases, so make sure you check out a Spencer the Wiz-led rest stop next Tuesday and Thursday. Of course, every time, 9 o'clock Pacific time, Spencer the Wiz uh, one of the greatest dudes here in Las Vegas, hardest working guys in the sports media industry. Love all he does for us here at the rest stop. He's much appreciated. So, uh, Spence, let's get into the NBA. Okay. The NBA is now back from all-star break weekend. The games were in full effect tonight. And let's briefly talk about the games before we get into the storylines going on. The TNT doubleheader tonight had the Clippers and Warriors as the late game. The Clippers are handing it to the Warriors tonight, 115-87, with about seven minutes left in the fourth quarter. Kawhi Leonard has 28 points, nine rebounds. So the uh, Clippers hit the ground running here to start this, this season post-All-Star break. And I really like the start here tonight as they look to probably win this game by 30-plus. Uh, nice effort by them thus far. The Suns kind of in comeback fashion uh, by uh, a 10-point lead in the fourth quarter. They outscore the Trailblazers 37-27, and they get the win over Portland 127-121 on the road. Devin Booker had 35 points, eight assists, wow. and a victory for the Suns. Damian Lillard had some really deep threes. Spence, I still think he's a little bit in the conversation for your MVP ticket. He's, he had 30, 30 points, seven rebounds, eight assists tonight, and a loss for the Trailblazers. Three minutes left in the fourth quarter, the Sacramento Kings. They're looking to get it to a fast start post-All-Star break. They're leading the Rockets 121-98. De'Aaron Fox has 30 points, nine assists, seven rebounds. Still got an outside chance for a triple-double for the young point guard, De'Aaron Fox. He's uh, out of Kentucky. The Hornets get to 500 tonight with a nice win over the Pistons, 105-102. P.J. Washington had 20 points, nine rebounds, three assists. Uh, the first game on primetime TNT tonight had the Brooklyn Nets taking care of the Celtics, 121-109. I believe there was no Durant, no Blake Griffin in this game for the Nets. Kyrie Irving had 40 points and eight rebounds. Nice performance in the stat sheet from Kyrie Irving. The Hawks get a one-point win over the Raptors in Tampa. The Hawks, 121-120. Trey Young at 37 for the Hawks tonight. The Heat, they're one game over 500 now, Spence. They're starting to play better, better basketball. They outscore Orlando 29-21 in the fourth quarter, led by Jimmy Butler's 27 points, 11 assists, and 8 rebounds. They beat Orlando 111-103. Nikola Vucevic had 24 points and 17 rebounds for Orlando, and there's been some talks that he could be on the trade block. So we'll talk about some names that are hot in the NBA trade market as the trade deadline is nearing in the NBA. The, the Sixers tonight, and they did it. Without Simmons, without Embiid, which is shocking to me, Spence. Dwight Howard, 18 points, 12 rebounds for the Sixers. They get a 127-105 blowout win over the Bulls tonight. Lori Markkinen led the way for Chicago with 23 points and four rebounds. The Milwaukee Bucks blow out the Knicks, and they get off to a fast start post-All-Star break, led by Giannis's triple-double, 24 points, 10 rebounds, wow. 10 assists. The Bucks they beat the Knicks 134-101 in Milwaukee tonight. And probably the most shocking game of the evening, Spence. Uh, the New Orleans Pelicans, we talk about the talent they have on that team with Zion Williamson, with Josh Hart, with Brandon Ingram. They are 15-22 and 22 on the season, and they get the doors blown off them tonight by an eight-win Timberwolves team, 135-105. Jalen Noel, second-year guy, had 28 points, five rebounds, six assists for the Timberwolves. Zion had 24 points and five rebounds for the Pelicans, but just a, a terrible way to get started post-All-Star break for the Pelicans. Rookie Anthony Edwards playing a little bit better basketball, Spence. He had 27 points and four rebounds tonight and a nice victory for the T-Wolves. And uh, I believe there was a couple more games tonight. The uh, One more game that we missed. 
the Oklahoma City Thunder, who after losing Coach Billy Donovan, losing Chris Paul, a bit surprising that they're playing as competitive basketball as they are, Spence. They're 16-21 and 21 on the year, and they get a big victory over uh, a Mavericks team who'd been playing pretty good basketball going into the All-Star break. They, the, the Thunder get the win, 116-108 tonight. Shea Gilgis-Alexander had 32 points and six assists in the win for Oklahoma City. So that's what happened in the NBA tonight, the big night post-All-Star game. And, Spence, let's talk about some of the sports storylines. Let's start off with what we missed on, last, on this past Tuesday's episode of the Rest Stop. Blake Griffin. He's now uh, a Brooklyn Net. And if you want to talk about a potential starting four, even starting five for the Nets, fully healthy, we're talking Kevin Durant, James Harden, Kyrie Irving, Blake Griffin, and, and DeAndre Jordan. That's an all-star team on its own. I know a lot of people think Blake Griffin uh, may be lost a little bit with all these injuries, but man, in a complimentary role, I still think he can be very, very effective, especially on the glass uh, and, and the pick and roll situation with Irving and Harden could be absolutely dynamic, in my opinion. Uh, I love the move for Brooklyn, and I think as well as Brooklyn's been playing, they've kind of got it together. Uh, the cohesiveness, the chemistry, I think they've been playing well. I know their defense still has a lot to be desired. They only gave up 109 points tonight to, to Boston, uh, but I think this makes them better. I think nobody will be able to stop them offensively, and if, if you can't outscore them, you can't beat them. Uh, I know I've been hard on them, thinking that this could not work. If they're healthy, I've changed my tune, Spence. I think they're the absolute favorite to win the NBA title. Your thoughts? Wow, yeah. I mean, I, I think they're going to go to the finals, too, as long as they don't face Milwaukee. Look, is, do they have a need for someone like him because of how thin their team is? Like, once you go to start going to the Bruce Browns and all that kind of stuff and the Jeff Greens? Sure, yeah. But he doesn't fix their problems, that's for sure. Defensively, he makes them worse. Uh, hopefully he doesn't play minutes with Kevin Durant and James Harden because any sort of defensive prowess they had was because like they have DeAndre Jordan in or Jeff Green or you know one of the Bruce Browns type of guys. Those guys are the only who play like ninety percent of their defense, so he's going to come have to come off the bench to make this happen. Uh, he definitely can't play with them in the final two minutes of a game. I mean, you're asking for Giannis to average over a triple-double in a playoff series here. Uh, other than that, there's no one else in the East. Like, the Celtics proved to me tonight that they're an absolute joke of a team. If you have a head coach who uh, thinks it's a good idea to put Jeff Teague, Kemba Walker, Jalen at the three, Jason Tatum at the four, and Daniel Tice at the five, if you think that's an acceptable lineup to win basketball games – then I'm sorry, you're not going to win any playoff series or you're not going to go to the conference finals. That's for sure. So that's all I needed to know. Like they're not, the Celtics are out as far as I'm concerned. Uh, and Milwaukee has never proven that they can win in the playoffs anyways. So why should I start believing they're going to do it now? Whoever, I don't know who they're going to face in the finals. I think that's extremely important. Uh, if they place if they play the Lakers, I like the Lakers in that series just because Anthony Davis is going to average like, 40 points and 20 rebounds a game probably uh but if they play someone like uh the clippers i think they beat the clippers uh if they play the nuggets i think the nuggets have a chance so it's all about matchups we we knew that from the very start that's spencer the whiz follow him on twitter at spencer the whiz uh yeah look spence um it's gonna be interesting uh you you mentioned the boston celtics I agree with you. They, they're a complete joke right now. I mean, there's no reason they should be not winning more basketball games. I don't know if they acquire an Andre Drummond or they get somebody else, possibly. But the way that they've been playing, 
I'm, I'm giving them a less than 3% chance of making even the Eastern Conference Finals. I think the point you made, Brooklyn, Milwaukee, is, is going to be destined to meet in the Eastern Conference Finals. I just think Brooklyn's too deep. We're not even talking about Joe Harris. Uh, we're not even talking about uh, Lawal Cabarro. These guys had significant playing time in the bubble in Orlando. Don't forget that. They're very deep. And I think they're going to be unstoppable. I really do at this point. They played a, a lot better basketball uh, as the chemistry started to build. And I love Blake, Blake Griffin. I think a lot of people aren't giving him enough credit what he can still add to a team if he's healthy. And they may not be done, Spence. They may not be done. They may add Andre Drummond. They may add somebody else. And that's just going to make them even more deep. I don't know who can beat them. I, I think possibly, and I, I know you don't agree with me coming out of the Western Conference, but I do like the Clippers. I think the Clippers uh, have a real shot to do some damage. I think Kawhi Leonard, he's certainly a champion, Spence. He's won it with two different franchises. We know what he's capable of if he's healthy. I think if Paul George can step it up a little bit, I like a little bit of the depth on the Clippers, I really loved Montrez Harrell, so I think losing him is really big. Can Kawhi hold down Kevin Durant? Um, no, nobody can, but maybe he could do an admirable job. Put Pat Beverly on, on James Harden, force Kyrie Irving to destroy you by himself. Maybe he turns the ball over too much. Uh, we'll see. I, I, I mentioned on this show last week that I, I think absolutely – the Clippers get to the Western Conference Finals. I may even said that I'm, I'm predicting they'll get to the finals. I'll still stand by that right now. Um, and I think it's going to be Clippers, Nets in the finals. So make sure you clip this, Spence, and you mark the date when I'm right again, like I was with Tom Brady. You clip this right here. And I think the, the series goes six games, and I think the Nets win in six over the Clippers and get the title. So on March 11th, Brad Restituto, the believer, predicts it right here on the rest stop. We'll see if it comes true, just like Tom Brady winning the finals or winning the Super Bowl for Tampa Bay here this past February. Spence, let's talk about some more potential trades going down, some big names in the NBA. I mentioned Nikola Vucevic. You've got Kyle Lowry listed there. What are you hearing about Kyle Lowry and him possibly moving on somewhere? Well, he says it's a joke that he's like even being rumored, but – it's not a joke. I mean, they're definitely looking to deal him. They're not going to win the finals this year. So if they can get good value, they're going to do it. There's no such thing as a loyalty in the NBA anymore. I mean, they'll say, thank you. They'll give him a tribute video when he makes his way back. If Philly gives them a, a good enough offer, which I don't know what that is. I don't really know what Kyle Lowry's worth. Then yeah, of course they're going to do it. It's not a joke. He should know that. I don't know why he's thinking otherwise. I don't think he's going to retire a Raptor. That's for sure. Uh, so, yeah, that's how I feel about Kyle Lowry. Spence LaMarcus Aldridge. I still think he can be a really productive player. The Spurs, why do they want to move on from Aldridge, in your opinion? And it looks like he's for sure not going to be back with San Antonio. Yeah, I mean, that experiment just didn't work with LaMarcus. Like, from the moment he got there, I mean, he was nowhere near what he was. It's It could be the system. I mean, he's not used to passing the ball. He's more of a volume scorer, and then he was put on a team that has, like, basically prevents you from getting close to doing that. He forces himself into the offense a lot. Uh, I think he's a prime candidate. I don't know if he's going to get traded. I don't know if he's going to get a buyout like Blake Griffin. But I see this. If the Celtics can't grab Lamarcus Aldridge, I mean, I think they're they're doomed. If he's on their team, it's it's hard to say, right? Because I'm talking. We're saying for the past three years, Lamarcus hasn't been good. Like, 
or effective or like someone who you'd even want on your team. So you're basically banking on him being the same Lamarcus that arrived to San Antonio day one. I don't know if he can do that, but sure. I mean, I remember how good Lamarcus Aldridge used to be. So I I know I, th- I really don't think the game has passed him either. He's a little more mid range heavy, I guess, for the game. But we still know that effective mid range shooters are very good in the league. It's just that the average NBA player can't shoot mid range. Now that you should never take them. So that's just kind of how I feel about him. Uh, he's going to be a a lot of teams are going to want him a ton. I've already talked. I've, they, I think they've already alluded at it in tweets that they are getting blown up for this guy because an athletic big man that can shoot from all three levels and who who wouldn't want that. Spence, can he, could he help a team like the Clippers? Could a team like the Clippers be looking to add a LaMarcus Aldridge? That would probably be the difference maker for them, although it mm. still doesn't – the only thing it doesn't solve is their problem is they don't have a leader. No one on their team can lead in the locker room, and you need that so badly to win a championship. I can't think of a single time like in NBA history where a, a team won a championship purely off of talent alone. You could say the Michael Jordan Bulls would, would probably be an example. That's Spencer the Wiz. Follow him on Twitter at Spencer the Wiz. Check out the rest stop every Tuesday and Thursday, 9 o'clock Pacific time. We broadcast live from Las Vegas. Spence, let's go to some NFL action, and free agency is getting in full swing here in March. And the salary cap that has taken a big dump downwards because of COVID-19, now at $180 million. A lot of teams are having to put a lot of moving pieces around to try to fit under the salary cap. And let's start off with a team that represented the AFC in the Super Bowl last year, the Kansas City Chiefs, trying to protect Pat Mahomes, lose two starting offensive tackles, former number one overall pick Eric Fisher and starting right tackle Mitchell Schwartz. This is a big deal for the Chiefs, Spence, trying to maneuver that cap after signing quarterback Patrick Mahomes to that enormous deal in this past offseason. So what now at the offensive line position for Kansas City? Are they going to have to adjust what they do offensively? Uh, are they going to definitely go uh, offensive line with their first round pick? This is kind of a big deal for the Chiefs, Spence. What were your thoughts? This is the price you pay uh, for making Pat Mahomes the highest paid quarterback in the NFL. I said it the, the day he signed that contract. You can't let him leave, so I don't really know what the real solution is. But uh, we And I also mentioned before that this is a team full of great talent, but no one's willing to sacrifice for one another. And that includes Pat Mahomes. And I don't know if I can blame him, but they certainly means they're not going to be a dynasty. That's what I, that's all I know. Uh, this is, you got to pay him what 40, $50 million a year. That money's got to go somewhere. And if they decide to use it on offensive line to kind of fill those gaps, well, that just means there's going to be even a worse defense going out there for the chiefs. And, that's just too much responsibility to put on one side of the ball. I don't think it's going to work for them. Spence, I think this really opens things up. I mean, are you willing to say these two losses is going to take the Chiefs down to now not the favorite of the AFC? I'm not ready to say that. But, Spence, I've talked about and we, we've we discussed that I don't know how confident anybody can be that Patrick Mahomes will be able to play a full season. This just adds to that question mark and concern, having these guys off the ball or not in your starting lineup. You may have to absolutely adjust um, what you do offensively. And if you become more predictable with the short passing game like the Steelers were, that's not going to bode well for this offense. And defensively, you're going to definitely maybe lose another guy or two. So, I mean, keeping that defense on the field a long time is not going to be a a thing that Kansas City is going to have the recipe for success utilizing or trying to implement. 
this is going to be a big deal. They're going to have to hit a home run in the draft from the offensive line perspective this year. Is there guys that are going to be willing to take less money to fill the spots of Eric Fisher and Mitchell Schwartz, possibly to play with the Chiefs? Um, are they going to be of that caliber? I guess we'll have to wait and see, and we'll have to follow the free agent tracker as it continues to move on. I think with these guys being released and their contracts not being restructured or, or what have you, they're not coming back. Uh, they're going to go get money elsewhere uh, because these are positions that teams really need to desperately fill. So uh, this is a big deal for the Chiefs. I think it, it changes what they do if they don't fill those gaps uh, with some big-time talent. And it's going to be a depth issue as well. We know they had some injuries on that offensive line, and Mahomes got hit quite a bit in the Super Bowl. So I think this definitely opens the door much wider for some more teams in that division, the Raiders, the Chargers. Uh, I think the Broncos, unless they figure out a quarterback situation, they're not going to be in the conversation. But this certainly opens the door for that division and for more teams in the AFC to try to open that door a little bit wider. I don't think the Jacksonville Jaguars are going to make noise in that division, but I certainly think they'll be more competitive with Trevor Lawrence and some of those young guys. I actually... If I'm making a bold prediction March 11th, uh, I, I think the Jacksonville Jaguars have a chance to win seven or eight games. So whatever their over-under win total is, it will not be seven or eight. So I'll take the over there. So that's a team that I think is going to be much improved. I still don't think Cincinnati will be very good because I don't know how fast you want to rush Joe Burrow out there. Uh, the Patriots, are they still in the conversation for Jimmy Garoppolo? It's saying that they are. So there's going to be some some maneuvering in the AFC conference, and this is a big deal for the Chiefs. Uh, we saw how hard it is to repeat as they got to the title game, but they did not look impressive getting there the entire way. The best game they played all year was probably the AFC t- title game against Buffalo. Spence, we talked about it. You can't keep playing field goal games and sliding by uh, by just a little bit and expect to go into the Super Bowl against a team who beat – Rodgers, Breeze, uh, and there was one other quarterback they beat to, to get through there. And I don't know why it's slipping Rogers, my mind. Rodgers, Breeze. Uh, who, who was the other quarterback that they went through? Well, Mahomes, uh, Mahomes, Mahomes. Oh, well, Mahomes, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Rodgers, Breeze, Mahomes. Uh, look, they won three straight road games to get to, to the Super Bowl. So it wasn't going to be a cakewalk for the Chiefs, and they got blasted. So this does not help their cause in getting back to the Super Bowl. I'll see how the Las Vegas line has adjusted their Super Bowl odds or championship odd predictions. I'm sure it's probably taken a slight hit, but it certainly opens the door for some more team, Spence. We'll stick in the NFL, and the Russell Wilson conversation, Spence, is, is still floating through the air. We're talking about the Bears as a likely candidate. Russell Wilson hasn't said much since his interview with Dan Patrick. How likely do you think it is, Spence? I still think it'd be a a terrible decision by this franchise, pretty much conceding wins, conceding the division. If you decide to move on from Russell Wilson, I think I give it a 25% chance that he leaves Seattle. What do you say? It doesn't, it's not getting. It's not getting better, and it's uh, you can say the same thing uh, for Deshaun Watson too. Like these guys, um, you know, I say Wilson is a little bit behind where Watson feels. I think Watson is like legitimately done playing for his team, even though the head coach, the GM, all says that he's still expected to be the starting quarterback. These two different narratives are nuts, but I just there's some sort of really bad blood here with Seattle, and 
you don't want to go into training camp like this because that just can just destroy your season from the get-go. And I don't know if they want to deal with that. I mean, if you're Seattle and you could offer Cleo Mack and a package of other guys, is it the worst thing? <laughs> it's just, it's crazy, right? Because we've never seen a Hall of Fame level quarterback get traded in his prime or the end of his prime on the downslope of his career a little bit. It's just unprecedented. And I really, really, really hope that this trade doesn't go through because I think it could ruin the NFL. Because if Russell Wilson gets traded, then that means basically nobody's off the table and that it's always a possibility that your star player can go. The Raiders kind of started that with Khalil Mack instead of like paying him and just kind of like, you know, letting him go for two first round picks. But I mean, we not to this level, not to the fact that, you know, the quarterback impacts the game this much. And, you know, it's just, it's ruined the NBA for me. Like all the movement I think is kind of nauseating and hopefully it doesn't happen in the NFL too. Spence, David Colley, the Houston Texans' new head coach, came out and said, Deshaun Watson's still our quarterback. It looks like they're standing firm at the moment that they're not going to move on from him. Let's see how that continues to play out as the draft gets closer and closer. And, of course, we'll have some draft discussion a little closer to draft time as, again, in these unprecedented times, no draft combine, a lot of individual pro days. So it's kind of hard to follow like we have before exactly what's going on in the offseason, of course, if you're a subscriber to the NFL Network or you have some of these apps that give you access to that, it's a little bit easier to follow all of what's going on in the college offseason and the draftees leading up to the 2021 NFL Draft. And, of course, here in Las Vegas, we lost, that we lost out on the draft last year. It was supposed to be live here in Las Vegas. It was going to be a huge deal. And, of course, COVID-19 put an axe in that very quickly. So hopefully I believe it's rescheduled to be back here in Vegas in the next couple of years, and that will be great for the city and great for the draft. Spence, more free agent news. Speaking of the Houston Texans, they go ahead and sign free agent running back Mark Ingram. Uh, he's a veteran running back, but I like what he can add. There's not a, necessarily a lot of miles on the tires of Mark Ingram. I know he's had some injury issues, but he shared carries in Baltimore, shared carries with Kamara in New Orleans, I think if the guy can stay healthy, he can be a number one back, especially for the Houston Texans. And we know the Texans have liked to mix up one-two punches in their running game. Uh, I believe they still have David Johnson. I don't think they released him. I know he was a part of that DeAndre Hopkins trade, so maybe he'll get some carries alongside Mark Ingram. I like the move for the Texans, and uh, Mark Ingram will get paid a little bit, and he'll continue his playing career in the running back position. It doesn't really move the needle, but uh, do you like the move of Mark Ingram signing with the Texans, Spence? I think it's a pretty smart move. And uh, when I made this graphic, I'm essentially saying like, I think they're making, they're going towards the right decision, right? Because part of the reason Deshaun Watson wants to leave is because of how bad it at the franchise is. He hasn't been surrounded by real talent in his entire career. So if you do this and you maybe, if they go out and get a Kenny Galladay for, Good call, know, for Deshaun Watson, he will show up to training camp no matter what he said, because then he just looks like a fool because you got a pre- pretty decent weapon in the running back core. I think they've restructured David Johnson's deal for him to stay with the team. Now you get Mark Ingram. I think there's, they still have some decent other players. Like, Will Fuller just can't be a first you know, option, but Kenny definitely can. And that's a decent offense right there on paper. That's a playoff offense, in my opinion. So I think that if they can continue to do this, then they can kind of mend that relationship finally with Watson. There's just no way they're going to trade him. You just can't. You can't. You can't. You can't. I said it. You can't do it. Uh, Spence, look, they don't have a first-round pick. Maybe they maneuver 
in the draft and figure out a way. There's a, a handful of really good tight ends in this draft. They're definitely not going to have the draft capital to move up to get a Kyle Pitts out of the University of Florida, but there's some depth in the tight end position in this draft. Maybe they add a playmaking tight end, another receiver, and continue to influence Deshaun Watson that, hey, we are in this for you. We're going to build around you, and we want to compete in a division that's fairly competitive. Look, we're talking about a Tennessee Titans and Indianapolis Colts team that lead the way in the division. The Colts were not very consistent after Andrew Luck first left. They definitely played a lot better since Frank Reich has been the head coach. Are we convinced that the Tennessee Titans, their defense still has a lot of holes? Sure, the Texans were are, are, are two years removed from being a playoff team. And with Deshaun Watson, I'm never going to count them out for making a move at the playoffs, I don't care who's around. Deshaun Watson is that dynamic of a quarterback. So if you put some pieces around him, a rookie dynamic tight end, you've got Will Fuller, uh, you add a couple more pieces. You mentioned possibly Kenny Galladay. That'd be a great addition for the Texans. Now you're moving in the right direction. So I like where, you're, where your head's out there, Spence. And you cannot move on from Deshaun Watson. You can, Spence, but, I mean, we're, have, we're talking Herschel Walker times two. You've got to give up. I'm asking for the absolute farm, Spence. Three, I'm asking for three players, four first-round picks, multiple second-round picks. Dude, you're going to have to give up seven or eight total picks for me to budge. That's the starting price. So if you want to negotiate, that's where you start. If not, we're going to play this out. That, if I'm the GM, that's what I'm saying. We will play this out. We will force Deshaun Watson to give up money, possibly sit out an entire season and give up a year in his prime. And that's the way I would play it. Unless a team is willing to go out there and say, hey, look, the Vikings made a big move a few years ago. When Teddy Bridgewater had that injury, they gave up a first-round pick and some other draft capital for Sam Bradford. So teams will get desperate, Spence, as we get closer to the start of the season and injuries unfold, COVID-19, we don't know what's going to happen. There could be a team like, let's say Tampa Bay, Spence. Let's just say it. Let's just say Tampa Bay, something happens to Brady at this point in his career, and he goes down. I know Blaine Gabbert's a backup, but Deshaun Watson out there, do, do they find interest? I don't know. The Seattle Seahawks, they move on from Russell Wilson. Are they willing to make a move? Let's talk about other teams that's already built up draft capital. I think the front runner could be the Miami Dolphins. They've made moves, Spence, where they have a lot of draft picks. They are a team that can afford to give up multiple first-round picks and multiple picks to get Deshaun Watson. They, to me, have to be the front runner with all the draft capital they've acquired with Brian Flores as the head coach. They continue to make moves. They have a lot of draft assets. I got to think that they're the favorite if any team is going to make a run at Deshaun Watson. So the likelihood, week one spent, Deshaun Watson is in camp, is putting on a Texas uniform, or get traded. Where do you lean? He's going to, well, he'll probably sit out, but I don't think the Texans have any issue with him sitting out an entire year. I think they're going to sit on that. You have two extremely competitive teams. One team in the Colts that could really make the Super Bowl with how, you know, the Chiefs are certainly weaker than they were last year as of today. So, like, they're they're not better, and they were beatable last year. They got crushed in the Super Bowl. I'm not saying the Colts are as good as the Buccaneers, but still, like, we know, like you said, the door is opening and I don't think that the Texans believe that they can get up to that level in one offseason. So if you tank for a year without Deshaun Watson because he's being all pouty boo-boo, then you just get a really high first-round pick. And then that's when you can start, you know, 
then he'll he's gonna he's not gonna sit out that what he has like three years left on his deal. He's not going anywhere. If he wants to lose a hundred million dollars, I think the Texans would be happy not to pay that bill and just continue to be bad and accumulate good picks. Spence, one more move I, I want to touch on briefly in free agency today. The Saints released Janoris Jenkins, former giant cornerback. Look, the New Orleans Saints are going to be a completely different team that we're accustomed to. We're not 100% sure that Drew Brees won't be back, but all signs have pointed against him returning. The Saints are in salary cap disaster. They're so far over the cap. There's more guys to come that will be released. I think the window of the New Orleans Saints reaching the Super Bowl, if it hasn't completely shut, it's as closed as it's going to be. Do you agree? Yeah, they sold their soul to the uh, cap devil last year. Like they were, they're over like by twenty million. So this is going to be one of the most loaded free agency classes, maybe not of all time, because I don't know about historical football. But in, I would say in the past decade, you go down the list of talent: Shaq Barrett, Janoris Jenkins, Eric Fisher. Like these guys aren't the best players in the league, but they're Pro Bowl talent. How much Pro Bowl talent can you say has ever been available at this volume before? Yeah, Spence, It's uh, and, and this is just the beginning. There's going to be more coming down as we continue to move forward. So it's just going to be really important to track every day because with this salary cap being $180 million, there's got to be a lot of pieces moving and a lot uh, of money that has to be cut. So if guys aren't restructuring, they're going to continue to be released and we're going to continue to see it as it goes. Spence, we didn't put this in the notes, but I want to get your opinion on this real quick. The XFL – who we talked about a little bit, but then when the COVID-19 hit and the league disbanded, it wasn't a lot for discussion. But Dwayne The Rock Johnson purchased the XFL, but they are in the news again as there's talks with the XFL and the CFL, the Canadian Football League, on a potential partnership and a post-pandemic return. The statements released by CFL Commissioner Randy Ambrosi and XFL Chairwoman Danny Garcia, who's the former ex-wife of The Rock Dwayne Johnson, did not reference the possibility of a merger. They indicated that talks are in very early stages, but offer no boundaries on the depth of the potential partnership. Quote, we look forward to seeing what possibilities our discussions might uncover and to sharing those with our fans as the process unfolds. Ambrosi said in part, the XFL planning a return in the 2022 season is on pause right now. Spence, is this a big deal or no deal that a potential merger or partnership, the XFL and the CFL? What we really, really need is a developmental system for football. Cleveland Farrell, Jonathan Abrams, these guys are desperately need to be in the CFL and the XFL just to learn how to play football, period. Uh, you know, you have to play a longer, I think you have to play two years in college to be a football player to come out. But like some of these guys need more time even after a four-year degree or a four-year stint in college because it's the most complicated sport, I think, in the entire realm of all the major ones. Like baseball, I mean, you got to learn how to bat and all that and hockey, you know, but it's just their schemes and all of it. If you can find a way to like make a G League out of the XFL or this combination of the CFL, that's when you're going to really start seeing some change and some real interest uh, because so many think about how many seventh round picks never made a name for themselves because they never had a chance. You know, they're on the practice squad or whatever. But these guys in real time game situations and, you know, you can keep it goofy. I like the XFL a lot. I love the Battle Hawks. I, I kept up with them from the like day one. I love Jordan Tamu since I uh, from Mississippi. So I, I kept a part of the storylines. I like seeing what Mike Glennon was doing. 
let's see some of these younger guys who NFL careers were going to be less than a year, maybe long, long be elongated if you can implement the same system that the Raiders are running on, let's say, an affiliate, the Battle Hawks. I don't know. That's where I think the interest should be. Spencer the Wiz, follow him on Twitter at Spencer the Wiz. Brad Restituto, your host, follow me on Twitter on Instagram at Brad the Believer. Spence, let's finish up the show. I'm going to hit you with a curveball. Let's do a little reaction video here. And this is going to be pulled from TMZ.com. Broncos running back Melvin Gordon arrested on DUI. I've got some of the video here. Let's play some of it and get a little bit of a reaction to it, Spencer the Wiz. And we'll break it down as we go here. Uh, let's add it to the screen. Going a little fast, man. Can I see your license registration, please? Thank you. Where are you coming from this evening? Uh, yeah. Yale House? Yeah, he's definitely gone. Okay. He's Why gone. you going so fast? <laughs> I got 11 miles before I get to the gas station. You going any faster, ain't going to help that. You're going to burn more gas. <clears throat> Thank you. Any, any alcohol tonight? I had a little bit. Yeah, a little bit? How much alcohol <laughs> do you have? These guys, it's man, I think they're so untouchable. It's crazy. Spence, I'm going to pop. I'm going to pause it real quick. Uh, and look, rule number one of interaction with cops, and I'm surprised a pro athlete has never learned this. Never, never, ever admit to drinking. I don't care how many drinks you've had, Spence. And I, I'm not proud of this story, uh, but it's not a complete story. But there was one time back when I was living in Florida in my 20s. Uh, I had a guy with me in the car and, and I definitely had too much to drink. We got pulled over and the cop asked me how many drinks I had. And I adamantly said none. And I had to continue to double down on that. Luckily he got another call and we got, a, got out of there, but you can't, if you want to not spend the night in jail, you can never admit to having any drink. So you better come up with a story or something, some kind of cover beforehand, but you can never admit to having anything to drink. Cause right there, now they have suspicion in the search to give you a field sobriety test. And even if you pass it, they can tell you you failed it. And then you're in the slammer until you get either blood BAC test done or you, you breathe into the breathalyzer. So let's continue the video. We'll, we'll continue with the with the reaction, Spence. Well, the, the reality, too, is that Josh Jacobs what, just what did the same thing that? and he wasn't Pino punished. So Pino Grigio? he also admitted to drinking and okay, he got off with nothing. That's a good Can point. Give me your side. So Melvin Gordon sees what Josh sure. Jacobs just did and is like, ah, who side, cares? Yeah. You probably think I'm a cool guy, you know? I, I play for the Broncos. Let me go, brother. Good point. And, of course, we got the body cam footage. The lanyard, the Broncos lanyard by Melvin Gordon hanging out of his pocket. <laughs> he wants to make sure. What's up yeah, with that fishing? That, is that a fishing jacket he has on? I, like I instructed you from the hey, beginning. it's a new fashion I statement. Well... You had to follow the instructions. All right, let's pause it again real quick because uh, I got a comment. I got a comment on this fishing jacket, Spence. So let's check <laughs> out the code here. Look at the pockets. There's where the worms go. The bait right here. The lanyard for your keys. Uh, probably the insides have uh, maybe you could fit a brewski in the side there, a Bud Light okay. can, maybe on the left hand side. Uh, this is certainly a. a this is a. High high quality fishing jacket. Melvin Gordon's got on here. He's got the gold chains, the Broncos lanyard, and apparently he's not following instructions on the field sobriety test from the cop. The cop we see with one of those big, uh, you know, do rag type mask covering his face. It's not like a surgical mask. It's kind of a Mickey Mouse mask. So let's see as the field sobriety test continues for Broncos running back Melvin Gordon, courtesy of TMZ Sports. 
Yeah, I hope we're going into an age of uh, accessible clothing with lots of pockets and stuff because it was out for a long time. But uh, I, I like it. I got a lot of stuff to put in my pockets. Good. Uh, good I point. Count. You didn't count. <laughs> I didn't okay. Count. He didn't count. Start over and count. No, no, no. Are you gonna fin- Do you want to finish the test? Yeah. Okay. So yeah, keep keep going. He really does think he's just one of the guys. I think. Yeah, that's, that's what, what he, it sort of sounds like right now. Yeah, he's like and that's uh, great, great cop training, getting him to be, uh, you know, feel like you're he's friends with you. They teach investigators that uh, first thing, make him feel a connection to you. This is uh, you this to is just, that from me? it's disgusting. Like this, your hands on your back. Like, how can you have that attitude? There's the cuffs. All right, so you're being you're being arrested for a possible DUI. All right. Driving on the influence of alcohol. That's not too tight, right? No, we're good. Okay. I've been drinking. I know I can tell. Ah, uh, Melgo. I got some people that drive me. I'm Why? Not to you. It's okay, Spence. I got. Uh, I got. I got to well, pause. It. He's also we, we a gajillionaire. We have this. Con- we have this conversation every time, Spence. These guys have all of the resources to never get behind the wheel drinking. Why does this keep happening in 2021? It, like, I'm sorry. There's no I, punishment. Spence, Spence I, I'm 100% serious with you, and I, I do not understand why this is not more of a staple. If you're that stupid in this day and age, I don't care how good a player you are. If you don't utilize the resources at your disposal when driving under the influence and have somebody else drive, it's immediate cut from the team. You're done. There's zero excuse for being that stupid in 2021. I don't care who you are. Josh Jacobs, Melvin Gordon, Ezekiel Elliott, I don't care. Insta cut. I'm not putting up with that if I'm any type of management and NFL team when you have every resource possible never to drive intoxicated. We know how many lives it's impacted. You have Uber, you have Lyft, you have NFL provided car services where you never have to do this. Why are we still having this discussion with pro athletes in 2021? It goes unchecked. When was the last time you ever saw someone get punished for doing something illegal or doing something dumb, like something around that has to get the cops involved? They go to court. The judge is a Broncos fan. The officer is a Broncos fan. They're like, all right, community service for you. And you get going along. That's why they do it because there's no punitive punishment. Nobody's gotten the hammer thrown at them. You want to go to the guy at baseball who's the new manager at the White Sox. You want to go back to Donovan McNabb who also pulled the whole NFL card until someone actually goes to jail or whatever the punishment of a regular human being, you and I, if we got stopped like that, got a DUI. Like that's they need to receive that punishment. 100%. It's it's ridiculous. It's sad to see. Look, it, it didn't it, Clearly, it didn't cost anybody their lives. But Spence. It could. Spence, we're less than two months removed from a Super Bowl coach on the coaching staff of the Kansas City Chiefs, Britt Reed, almost costing a family their life right before the Super Bowl because he was drink drinking and driving. It's lost Andy Reed, people in his family. This just happened on a high level right before a Super Bowl to somebody involved in the NFL. How does this still happen? How are we still having this conversation with adults, professional athletes with so much to lose? I don't care what you're doing to put yourself at this kind of risk is so irresponsible. People clearly are not learning from others' mistakes. And it's it's heartbreaking to see that stuff like this still happens on the professional level. Less than three months after totally wrecked, possibly, potentially, 
a Super Bowl game, team, and family as collateral damage from a coach's mistake drinking while driving? Uh, I don't know. It's just, again, these guys think they're untouchable. I don't know if it's the money. I don't know if it's the fame. But they walk around like they are the top of the top of the world. And nobody tells them that they can act any other way. Like, no one dares speak to them out of line. And they they think they're God. So some of them do. Not all of them, of course. Some of them live low-key lives, and they enjoy the money that they can use for the rest of their lives. But then you have the guys like Melvin Gordon who think the world is their playground. There you have it. That's Spencer Ostrowski. Follow him on Twitter at Spencer the Wiz. The rest stop every Tuesday and Thursday, 9 o'clock Pacific time. Our last show on Tuesday, we had former defensive tackle Omar Billy, Georgia Tech, conversation with my old teammate in high school. He played college ball with uh, WWE world champion Roman Reigns and NFL Hall of Famer Calvin Johnson. Had some good stories. So if you want to see part two and three of that interview, make sure you go to the YouTube channel for the rest stop. It's at Brad, the believer, make sure you search, like subscribe, check out the three part interview with Omar. And of course we replay all of the live podcasts, audio and visual on the YouTube channel. Spencer, the Wiz will be hosting the rest stop next Tuesday and Thursday. So make sure you tune in live and check out what Spencer, the Wiz has in store. And if you miss any part of this show live, make sure you check out all of the podcasting platforms and look for the, for the uh, rest stop underneath there. Spence, as we close it out, uh, one more NBA topic. Let's hit Miles Leonard. And I'm sorry I missed this earlier. I overlooked it. Uh, the NBA, he's getting tons of heat from the Miami Heat, uh, for, heat from the Heat, as he was on a streaming platform using a racial slur. It was uh, against the Jewish community. Community, Spence, talk a little bit uh, about what happened with Miles Leonard. And then Julian Edelman, uh, Jewish of Jewish descent, plays for the New England Patriots, reached out to him uh, via letter. Spence, you have the floor to talk about this for, for a minute here. Yeah, I'll just talk about it. I just need, I literally just need a minute. Miles Leonard is not the issue with anti-Semitism. He's just really stupid. He's actually just dumb. And a millionaire who learns about what the word means, and I won't say it, even though I guess I could say it, I'm of Jewish descent. But, you can if you like, Spence. Please, yeah. <laughs> but it's just so weird, man, that we think that this is what, like, is this going to end racism? Did we just solve it? Is Are people going to be anti-Semitic, like, not anti-Semitic now? No, the real racist people are not Miles Leonard. We live in a bonkers society where nobody has any idea what's going on. But because a few people on Twitter can sleep easy at night, people who aren't even Jewish, I guess it all works out in the end. There you have it. That's Spencer the Wiz. And make sure you check out the rest stop next Tuesday and Thursday as Spencer the Wiz will be taking over the rest stop. I hope everybody has a great weekend. Win all your bets. And we'll see you back on Tuesday. Have a great night, everyone. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did to create this ad. To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. 
Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did to create this ad. To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai.